0: Good morning, and happy Sabbath. Happy Sabbath. So uh, my name is Russell Atkins. I'm teaching today on what is expected to be our last Sabbath here in the courtroom. Lord willing, uh, we will be in our new building next week. That's our plan. Um, And Tim will be down here teaching in person next week. So let's start with prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for a beautiful week and the, the grace that you have given us. Uh, we, we pray special watch, care, and protection on, on those of our friends and family who are in Florida and are struggling and recovering from the hurricane. Uh, please comfort and strengthen them as only you can. We understand from Scripture and from experience that events like this will continue increasing in intensity and frequency as the as your second coming nears. Uh, Please uh, continue to strengthen uh, our group, our characters, uh, so that we can hasten that coming. In your name, amen. Um, Again, continuing the announcement, next week we plan to meet in our new building, which is basically walking distance from here for those of you unfamiliar. It is... uh, off Appleton pike where you turn to go to the softball fields and the first left will be the uh the build first building on the left will be it i don't have the exact address in my head um, but it's easy to find for those of you don't know email email us uh, you can call me personally or email francesca and she'll give you the address we look forward to seeing everyone we're doing lesson number three in our quarterly it's entitled "Understanding Human Nature." What is the only human nature that we really understand? Human nature. Broken human nature, sinful human nature. We have the example of Christ set forth in in Scripture and the Gospels. We have we have his interventions. Excuse me. We have his interventions. Uh, in the Old Testament, putting some of his children to sleep so that others can survive, we have his uh, his hand at creation. Because Christ, uh, the being the the person of the Godhead, the being of the Godhead that we know as Jesus of Nazareth, was the same one that did the create. Did spoke things into existence, the sun, moon, and stars, the worlds, uh, and this, it was the same hand that formed Adam from the dirt uh, of the earth and formed Eve from Adam. So that we have those examples set before us, but the only the human nature that we really deeply understand is fallen human nature. And we can, we can recognize and we can experience some of the transformation that occurs from self absorbed humans to other centered humans, but we still fight that that fallen human nature that that desire to serve and save self um, so th- our our understandings of human nature, especially mine, are clouded with the fallen human nature, so take this into consideration as we uh, as we proceed. Memory text from Sabbath's lesson. And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. So when the serpent told Eve she, quote, certainly will not die, he was continuing along a theme that he had already established on earth in his conversation with her, And and this was the same theme that he started in heaven. What's that theme? That was that was a continuation of a theme already started.
1: That God was, that God was wrong. That it wasn't trustworthy. Okay,
0: so God's not trustworthy, God's wrong.
2: Inherently wrong with sin.
0: Nothing inherently wrong with sin, aka lawlessness. Specifically, I'm thinking that he, his theme in in Seducing Eve was God is trying to withhold something from you. God is trying to. God is. God is not all giving. He he's 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 keeping something from you, from your from an intelligent being. But well, what was what was his first question to Eve? It's very very important. <inaudible> Not yes. Did God really say you must not eat from any tree in the garden? Consider how that's phrased. Very, very crafty, very subtle. Did God say, really say you must not eat from any tree in the garden? And what was her response? I beg your pardon?
3: Only this tree,
0: and nor can we touch it. God had, never, God had never given any restriction about them touching the fruit. Eve added that in her conversation with Satan. And I suspect when he heard that, he figured he'd already won. Okay, what, what's implied, in first of all, in his question? What kind of God would not let his created beings eat from this, the, the plentiful fruit of all these trees? So what kind of a God would that is that? How, how can a God like this claim to love you? God really doesn't have the best interests at heart for his creation. These, these are all things implied in this question. Did God say? Did God really say you cannot eat from all the trees, the fruit of the trees in the garden?
3: would a God put such a beautiful tree in the garden and tell you not to go near it? Why did he even put it there?
0: Let's explore that. Why did God put the tree of the knowledge of good and evil in, in the garden? To
2: protect them. And in order for to
0: protect them I, I like that. I, I think you're right. Uh, rightly understood. I think it's exactly why.
2: But it's, it was for their freedom. They can't, yeah. like the they freedom. can't love the yeah. freedom yeah. to choose. <laughs> it was for their freedom to
0: all, yes, all of those things, for freedom, for protection, and um, for the development of character. How else could Adam and Eve have developed a character without the tree? If the tree hadn't been there, how would, how would they have developed an intelligent character, a, a perfect character, deciding between trust and distrust? If, if they had no opportunity to...
1: No way to exercise their free will.
0: Choice. yeah the, the tree had to be there
1: i didn't realize until i was reading this past week that the tree of life and the tree of evil was together yes and that every time they went to the tree of life they saw they
0: it. saw the tree of they knowledge of good it. and evil they saw it. They saw Yeah, they it. weren't forbidden from from seeing it they weren't forbidden from touching the fruit
4: yeah. they
0: were forbidden from eating the fruit
4: yeah, I didn't realize that fully. And my problem is saying, I don't know if I read it somewhere or something, that God had already explained it to them before, then yes. why that tree was there? Yes.
3: Yeah,
0: he did. That's my understanding um, as well.
4: They realized they, they, that
0: God himself walked with them in the garden. He had, he had explained yes. the original position of Lucifer, the fall of Lucifer and him taking a third of the heavenly host. Right. They had a personal relationship. Angels had also explained it from the angel's perspective. In, in fact, if evil hadn't developed in heaven, why would Adam and Eve need to have been created? Adam and Eve were created as an evidence to the onlooking universe of how this is this is how God runs his government. And unmolested or un unfallen the onlooking universe would have developed an understanding because Adam and Eve would have come together in love, reproduced offspring in their image, and have been continually sacrificing of themselves for the betterment of the offspring.
4: Well, it also gave the universe a chance to see what kind of a leader in God's truly, would be if he was left to...
0: Yeah, well, okay, I don't think Adam and Eve were created for... For them to fall. No, no. That was not God's intent for them to fall.
4: He gave them a chance he, not to, by
0: He, he had already... He,
4: he knew they would.
0: But certainly greater evidence of the onlooking universe was given, because Adam and Eve did fall, and evidence of how Satan it, Satan ran would run his government. Uh, and there were questions of the heavenly hosts, the angelic hosts, and unfallen worlds, all all the way up until the crucifixion. At the time when Satan tempted the Jews, Satan and his hosts in in, in uh, confederacy with the Jews, when they murdered God himself in the being of Jesus, then the heavenly host said, oh, <laughs> that's that's what he, uh, he's he been unmasked. That's why, the, that's why the veil was rent in the temple.
3: In Patriarchs and the Prophets, it said that, they, Adam and Eve, expected the temptation to come in the form of an angel or something. And the fact that it was the serpent that spoke was what was so attractive to Eve that she didn't expect, she didn't even think of that as being the evil because they didn't expect it to come from something like that.
0: I don't recall reading that passage. Uh, I just finished.
3: Some place in Sister White's writings that all the other worlds had... Already gone through the, the test of the tree. Yes. No. And they pass it? So far.
0: I have. I have read that other other worlds had had similar trees. So why do they have trees? to see
3: it here again? What I'm saying is, when they've already gone through the test, why do they have to see it tested on Earth again? I don't understand that.
0: Maybe they were going through the test at the same time. I don't know that they were. The tree
3: of knowledge tested that up There on the planet at the same time it was here, but there okay. was an attempt
4: or one of the
3: tree of knowledge, knowledge and evil, on and there. There had to be a test if there was entered?
0: I think Lucifer was able to tempt other worlds. I think he was able to take his messaging to other worlds right up until the point where at the crucifixion. And then no other no other intelligent creation other than mankind would even entertain his sophistries.
4: Do you think the reason that it had to be here on earth is because they still had a question in their mind and they were afraid to go against God? They were afraid...
0: I don't know about the time, the the chronological timing of of this. I don't know about I don't know when other worlds had their trees and when they solidified their characters. I I have no idea. I Scripture is silent on it, and I haven't read anything in in inspired writing talking about the chronology of it. So it's idle speculation.
1: I like what Tina said about. They were expecting one thing, and it came another
3: way. I mean, think of a flying serpent—one of the most beautiful creations yeah. of yeah. talking to her. Yeah.
0: Well, also, also in patriarchs and prophets, it says that Adam and Eve held converse with animal and plant alike. Yeah. It may be that conversing with the animals and plants was not unusual to them.
1: I don't know. Wow. But it reminds me when she said that. It reminds me of how. God's people are expecting God to come in a certain
3: way. Yes. And when Satan impersonates Christ. And, yeah. We're expecting Satan to come a certain way, too, in COVID. That's we right. It. We missed it. Yes. Yeah. Um,
0: That's correct. That's well we're, said.
2: we were expecting what? You, did you say? We're expecting Satan to come a certain way, too. And, and the whole, you know, stopping church to come a certain way, and when it came via yeah. COVID, it, it exposed the fact that our church was not ready yes.
1: and was not following God's ways. Amen. Yes. Right. Open our eyes. Yeah.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: And I read recently, reading some conversations that people were having. Again, all this person said, "Watch the feed."
4: <laughs> watch the, watch the feed.
0: Yeah, yeah. We've been trained to to think that
3: um, crisis. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. When. Uh, mm-hmm.
0: When Lucifer comes, uh, you know, Christ's foot won't touch the ground, and Lucifer, if he's floating, uh, come know, on, people.
3: One of blogs talks about what if he comes as an alien? Yeah, you want to yeah, to save the world. Yeah, you know, I mean, yeah. who ever thought it that way? But how else would the
1: would the saints be, you know, deceived, or the or not the saints, but?
0: Well, I don't think the saints will be deceived. I it, what what Scripture says is. If it, were possible, if
1: it were possible, the
0: very elect would be deceived. if it were possible, what's implied in that is it won't be possible yeah. because because we've, we've've we've had this conversation before right now, there are three groups on earth. there are those who are allied in in Satan's camp. they cannot be moved. they will not be moved. and there are those who are currently allied in God's camp. God's methods and ways and principles—they cannot be moved. And there's a big group in the middle who are undecided.
1: I guess what I was thinking of is the the church leaders. How Ellen White says that many will turn away from the faith. Okay,
0: well then, then by definition, they're not the very elect.
1: Yeah. yeah. Okay.
0: And church leadership is a different um, is a different argument because we've. Yeah. Scriptures quite the, the gospels are quite clear how church leadership uh, deals with with God the church leadership of the time conspired to murder him the Jewish hierarchy the Jewish church leadership they conspired with their civil government and Roman civil government to murder God okay and Go back and go back and read your gospels, and and look at look at how the 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 church leadership and the the Jewish civic leadership at the time look how they behaved, and then compare and contrast how uh, our church, the remnant, uh, how we function for the last two years, and and note the note the parallels. They're very disturbing, very disturbing. Adventism is in danger of becoming the synagogue of Satan. And it breaks my heart to say that, because I've identified for my entire life as a Seventh-day Adventist. But the parallels between Israel 2,000 years ago and Adventism now are disturbing. Yes, ma'am.
2: Even in the dark ages, it was the same organized
3: religion combined with the political
0: Sure, absolutely, and yeah, no question. The union of church, the church and the state has has conspired to, you know, for world dominion since since even before the dark ages. No question. All right, let's get back. So we're talking about how um, in Eve when she responded to to Lucifer. Uh we may we may not eat of the tree of that's in the middle of the garden, nor may we touch it. I think that was an indication to Lucifer that she had already been harboring some maybe some pre some pre existing thoughts about God being stingy. Okay? And if that makes you guys nervous to think about that, because Eve was created perfect. Well she wasn't. She was created sinless. Okay, if Lucifer had the capabilities to harbor thoughts about God being stingy and arbitrary and his law functioning that way, then Eve had the capability to do that as well. Okay, and the, the tree was the only place where Lucifer could tempt them. It was not the only place he could observe them. I think he observed their interactions throughout the garden. And I think he noticed some, some subtle body languages, and, this, and bear in mind, this is my opinion. That this, God hasn't given me a vision of this, and I, I haven't read any inspired writings. This is my opinion based on my understanding of human nature. I suspect Lucifer observed some interactions and thought that if she was the one that came to the tree, this is how he would approach it. He would approach it that God is trying to withhold something from you. And it worked, what do you think you would have tempted Adam with if Adam had ended up at the tree first and interacted
2: I, don't me,
0: I think that 's very reasonable it 's certainly what he attempted Adam with after the fact because eve was eve was the uh, Eve was the methodology, and understand that that this this interaction of Eve being tempted with a hidden knowledge and then Adam being tempted with the loss of Eve or the opinion of Eve, this has continued ever since the garden it modern day Satanism elevates the feminine they they elevate Eve as the the welcomer of Luciferian knowledge into the human species. Look at statues of Satanism. It has a female hand holding up an apple with a serpent wrapped around it.
1: I never, thought of that. never studied that.
0: It's disturbing. Yes, sir.
1: I actually wondered about the symbol for Apple Computers. How it has a bite out of it? You know, if there's any connection
0: okay well, we we don't want to go down the the lucifer well no so i'm
1: just
0: saying no i'm with you so first of all i i think you're on point but we don't want to go down the the road of all the uh occult and luciferian symbology in modern corporations because wow. it, it's endless it's everywhere. it's everywhere pyramids serpents uh apples with bites taken out of them uh, y- you name it,
2: and it makes because all the governments of the world operate the way Satan does. All the, all the companies of the world.
0: Right, and the and the giant merchants uh, have intercourse with the governments, and it's it's just like the uh, the whore of Babylon. So ever since the fall, uh, again, back to back to my point. <laughs> Lucifer has been tempting women with the idea that someone or something, i.e. the patriarchy, has been trying to withhold freedom or or some sort of a knowledge from women, and he's been tempting men with women. This is fallen human nature, and it's difficult to imagine anything else. Uh, This is from The Great Controversy, page 559. If men had been willing to receive the truth so plainly stated in the scriptures concerning the nature of man and the state of the dead, they would see in the claims and manifestations of spiritualism the working of Satan with power, signs, and lying wonders. But rather than yield the liberties so agreeable to the carnal heart and renounce the sins which they love, multitudes close their eyes to the light and walk straight on, regardless of warnings, while Satan weaves his snares about them and they become his prey. Quote, because they receive not the love of truth, that they should be saved, therefore God shall send them strong delusion that they should be, believe a lie. Referencing Second Thessalonians two ten and 11. What law is being described here? There's a design law. You yeah. practice the, the wrong
2: thing, and that's what gets stronger. The
4: law of worship, and by beholding, you become changed.
0: Okay, I, I can make a case for both of those, law of, the law of exertion or the uh, the corollary, the law, if you don't use it, you lose it, and the law of worship. There's, there's another one, though, I'm thinking of. It's the law of truth. This is one that we don't talk about a lot in here, but it is law. It's described, I have, I've seen Tim's notes where he's described it. I think he's done a blog or two on it. The law of truth states that if you reject truth, the only thing left to believe is a lie.
1: That's right. That's right. There's
0: only two choices. Okay, and now truth is infinite. Lies are finite. Now, there's a finite number of lies, but there they're, they're are a lot more lies than we could ever count. So if you reject truth... It says God sends them a strong delusion that they should believe a lie. But what's actually being described here is the law of truth. If you reject truth, what else is there? There's only untruth. Continuing with the quote. Those who oppose the teaching of spiritualism are assailing not men alone, but Satan and his angels. They have entered upon a contest against principalities and powers and wicked spirits in high places. Satan will not yield one inch of ground, except that he is driven back by the power of heavenly messengers. The people of God should be able to meet him, as did our Savior, with the words, quote, It is written, Satan can can quote Scripture now as in the days of Christ, and he will pervert his teachings to sustain his delusions. Those who stand in time of peril must understand for themselves the testimony of the Scriptures. Great Controversy, page 559. Tim's definition of, of spiritualism is the, the pursuit of knowledge without evidence. Okay, I'm paraphrasing a little bit. He, he, may have a, he may have a few more words in there, but it's basically spiritualism is a pur- pursuit of knowledge independent of any evidence. That's what Eve did. She saw, When she saw that the fruit was good for gaining knowledge, she took some and ate it and gave it to her husband. Useful for gaining knowledge. I mean, this is knowledge without evidence. We talked, uh, Tim talked last week about how some of the the things that Eve should have asked herself to, to provide evidence. Sunday's lesson. A living being. This is from the lesson. Although both animals and man alike were made from, quote, the ground, the formation of man was distinct from that of animals in two ways. First, God shaped the man physically and then breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living being. He was a physical entity before he became a living one. Second, God created humanity as both male and female in the very image and likeness of the Godhead. So I agree with the second one, uh, although I'm not sure the Scripture is silent on whether God spoke the rest of the creatures from the earth or whether He formed them with His hands. We don't know. I like to think He spoke them from the from the earth and and then took the time to kneel down and form man from the from the dust. But it's possible that He took the time and formed the formed the. The cattle and the zebras and the and the serpents and and everything else you see by hand.
1: Man was formed from the dust of the earth. Yes. He turned to it.
0: Yeah, but uh, sort of the animals. For the animals. Yeah. So this is a great thing about reading scripture. Every time you read scripture, something new jumps out. of I had never ever considered that the creatures of the earth came from the ground. I just thought God spoke and boom, there they were. But the scripture says they were formed from the ground. Okay, so note, note also that uh, it's the second God created humanity as both male and female, very image and likeness of Godhead. That's correct. It's interesting. It's also very interesting. Some great symbology here that man was created from the earth, woman was created from man. What do men relate to the best here on this earth?
1: It's- <laughs>
0: food power control. control is that what they relate to
1: <laughs> that's what they do <laughs> well you mean the or something? I think it's six
0: men, men relate
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: men relate best to the world that they're in they relate to the earth they, they explore it they test it.
1: <laughs>
0: they yearn to develop an understanding about the world they live in. Oh, don't you don't? Okay, why not?
3: Oh. Well, I don't know too many men that want to explore what the world that they're in and stuff like that. I'm not. I really think women.
0: Who explored the world that we're in?
3: Well, but it was bad. It was men. But who sent them? On? Was
0: it Christine Columbus that came across the?
3: Who sent them on the journey to do it and paid for it? The Queen of Spain. She was yeah, the one that wanted to go money. do that to begin with. <laughs> yeah, so,
4: yeah.
0: and how did the Queen get her money? Because the King died. That was her That's idea.
3: hilarious. <laughs> still, <laughs> still <laughs> the one that wanted to find the, the, one made, one the discovery Everest. made. Who
0: climbed up uh, Mount Everest first time? Edwina Hillary.
3: <laughs> that is so silly.
4: Well, no, I'm, but
3: I'm saying
0: who hiked to the North Pole in the South Pole.
3: speaking of everyday life, okay? Not discovering the new world, not discovering climbing the, the mountain, or all. I'm talking about an everyday life. I don't see men as being the ones that are more. Um, Interested in what goes on around them or more, about, more inquisitive about the things around them? It seems to me that more women are more that way than men are.
0: I respectfully disagree.
2: I, I, the, uh, men are a
1: lot of women,
0: so. Well, currently, yes.
4: <laughs> yeah.
0: but, but even, even now, in, in, um, in the realm of advanced sciences, it's, all, it's almost all masculine.
3: They say there's more female doctors right now than male doctors. I think originally it was that. What right. you said. I agree originally. Yes, I but I'm agree talking about today on what you said. Yeah.
0: Okay. Uh, today. Trust me. That it,
3: about it
0: hasn't changed.
3: Oh my! It's uh, changed a lot. It in a lot. was mm-hmm. the <laughs> <in our lives. laughs> <laughs> a female okay. uh, prime minister in England. I mean, I I think it's about equal. I don't see what men are. more so. Social-
0: okay, so simply because a woman gets elected to a a political position, you you, you use that as evidence that um that, that women are are developing more of an exploratory and a an inquisitive mindset, or is it the culture that's elevating the feminine? It
3: could be. That's very possible, but I'm talking about people that I know. I'm not talking about people that I don't really know. The people that I know, it seems to me that the females are more inquisitive, more um, interested in pursuing things.
0: Okay, so let me finish uh, with my let me finish with my statement. Men explore and examine and test the earth, the world that they live in. What do women relate to the best? Nurturing. Men. And and relationships.
3: Well, nurturing, yeah. Okay. Yeah. The, these
0: things these things I think are by design. Do, do do you go out and and operate Don's heavy earth moving equipment?
1: Yes, I
3: do.
0: Do you?
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: have you done it? Have you done it well?
1: You're on the
3: spot. Yeah. Better. Yeah. <laughs>
4: okay.
0: Good. <laughs> Jordan Peterson has an interesting quote. It says, men test ideas, women test men. Okay, this is, and this is fallen human nature. I don't know that this is necessarily by design. What we're dealing with here is fallen human nature.
1: Yeah.
2: Oh God I told Adam and Eve that Adam would um, have power over her and that she would... Seek to be protected by him, not because that was the curse, but because that was what was going to happen. That's fallen human
1: nature.
0: I think, I think it was both a prediction of what would occur, and it was a recipe for success in a fallen human world. Like I just finished reading uh, Patriarchs and Prophets, and have moved on to Prophets and Kings now. But in early in Patriarchs and Prophets, uh, Ellen White says that that the that the pronouncement of your desire will be for your husband and he will rule over you was was a recipe for was the best recipe for success. It wasn't guaranteed, but it was the best recipe for success. And and also a prediction of what would happen because the physically weak would seek the protection of the strong. Let's see. Moving on. This is a quote from the Ministry of Healing page one uh, four fifteen excuse me in the creation of man was manifest the agency of a personal God when God had made man in his image, the human form was perfect in all its arrangements, but it was without life. Then a personal self-existing God breathed into that form the breath of life and man became a living intelligent being. All parts of the human organism were set in action the heart, the arteries, the veins, tongue, hands, feet, the senses faculties of the mind all began their work and were all placed under law. Man became a living soul through Christ. The word a personal God created man and endowed him with intelligence and power. What law was he placed under design law, the laws of health Think, process that for a minute. We we've, we've just begun to scratch the surface of our understanding of how the human body functions. Every every day there are, there are new revelations on a, a, a biochemical level and a quantum level that uh, that only invite more questions and more investigation. And as much as we know about how the human body functions, and as as much as we know about the laws of health, there's far more we don't know. Think of the the complexity and the intelligence of that to to design that by your hand, by hand, and then to, to breathe the breath of life into it, and, and the man becomes a living being. is shocking. It's just staggering. It's beyond my comprehension.
1: The human body is such a miracle. Just And, and the average person... Doesn't really know very much about don't, how it really works.
0: Don't get me started. Oh my! I deal with it daily in my practice. They're, 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 the extent of their knowledge is: food goes in here, poop comes out there. That's it. That's all they know. Exactly. And I take for granted that that because uh, you know I've been I've been blessed with a a, a tiny little slice of the pie and an understanding of, of several of the systems. I I just take it for granted. Well, everybody should know that, but they don't. It's really astounding. And and there there's a there's a Ellen White passage says that that humans would do well to learn the to learn about the laws of health and the function of their body. What do you do? I'm a physical therapist. I know about the musculoskeletal systems and the nervous system, and and a little less about the vascular systems. Um. So. Four of the nine i have a I have a working knowledge of
1: at, at one point, one of my teachers said that the human eye, with its different systems, is more complex than New York City with all of its everything. Oh yeah, I, yeah
0: I, I, it's more complex than all the civilizations of the earth. If you read Charles Darwin's writings, the human the function of the human eye gave him fits. It gave him sleepless nights. Uh, uh, because he could not explain that from an evolutionary theory. Uh, all right, Monday's lesson. The soul who sins shall die. The lesson states that, quote, nothing infected by sin can be eternal by nature. End of quote. Now, I would actually go farther. Say that nothing created can be eternal by nature. If you're created, then you have had a beginning. Eternal By definition means eternity past and eternity future only god is eternal eternal past present and future created beings the angels they're not eternal they had a beginning we created beings can have an eternity future but we all had a beginning so created beings period cannot be eternal It also states that, quote, death is the natural consequence of sin, which affects all life here. And I think this is very well said. Death is the natural outcome of sin. It's a predictable, guaranteed outcome of sin, a.k.a. lawlessness. It's not an imposed punishment from an angry God. It's a guaranteed outcome. On the other hand, life is a guaranteed outcome from the law of love. This is how our Savior could accurately predict that he would die in three days again he would be raised. He knew that once he restored the law of love back into the species man, mankind, humankind, that he would he would be resurrected. He knew it. Even though we're we're told in, in inspired writings that in his humanity he could not he could not, not have prophetic vision beyond the portals of the tomb he couldn't he couldn't see the future but he knew the law of of love and we we've we've had this this is a great illustration it's fantastic how many of you have the gift of prophecy i've got one hand okay you all have the gift of prophecy your kids do your grandkids do yeah that's right if I drop these glasses, what's what will happen? It hasn't happened. It hasn't happened yet. How can you guys prophesy that? Because you know the law of gravity. You can predict very accurately when I let go. You can measure the height from here to the ground. The law, the acceleration of gravity nine point eight one meters per second square.
1: And the same with the laws of health. If people ignore them. Yeah, you know what's going to happen.
0: They're that's right. sick
1: and they're going
4: to suffer.
0: That's why, that's why this, one of the things, one of the things that was very eye-opening to me about um, coming to a, an understanding and, and developing an appreciation for the design law perspective that, that we hold so dear in this class was it makes life so much more predictable. How many of you want predictability in life?
1: To a
2: certain degree. If don't like surprises, <laughs> we'd love for it to be predictable all the time.
0: Yeah. <laughs> for those who don't like surprises, they like, she'd like it to be predictable all the time. Um, that doesn't mean life can't throw you a curve, but the way you respond to those curves, it, it, it will make life predictable. For those who reject the truth, <laughs> what's the predictable outcome? Yeah. They'll believe a lie. For those who attempt to violate, who, for those who violate someone else's liberty, what's the outcome?
2: Damage to the individual doing the controlling and rebellion in, in the heart of the person being controlled.
0: First thing that happens is, lo- is love and affection dies.
4: Yeah. Right? Guaranteed. Yeah.
0: You violate someone's liberty, love and affection dies. It's damaged. It begins to die. It may not die instantly, but it begins to die. Then there are there are two pathways. Either rebellion is instilled in the in the person whose liberty is being violated, and they have a godly desire for rebellion. This is built into the design. We were we're often we often think that a desire for rebellion only comes from Lucifer. This is this is an exception to that.
1: Explain that really? really? Explain that more. Because if your liberty is being violated and you are rebelling
2: from that, we are rebelling towards freedom.
1: Oh.
0: This is a godly rebellion. This is this is a this is a rebellion away from a violation of your liberty. That's godly. Violations of your liberty are satanic. Yeah. Right. So we have this mindset that all rebellion comes from Satan. That's not accurate. In this, in this instance, in the law of liberty, when you when your liberties are being violated, a desire for rebellion is from God's design. It is a godly desire to get away from that. Towards
4: freedom. Wow.
0: Towards freedom. Okay? If, however, you reject, you suppress those desires for rebellion, then... You start becoming a a mere shadow of the person who's violating your liberty. This is how people stay in abusive relationships, whether it's physical abuse, emotional abuse, psychological abuse, name your abuse. If you reject their desire to rebel, you become damaged.
1: I thought it was my Christian duty.
0: Oh, yeah. Pick your excuse. It's my fault. uh, Mm -hmm. I burn the lasagna. She does she doesn't really mean it. She's just having a, she's just in a bad mood.
4: That is really an eye opener.
0: Wow, yeah. 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 And this is why I said um two weeks ago when I taught that the I think my personal opinion is the law of liberty is is one of the least well understood laws, design laws in Christianity. Okay. I I visit some some pretty dissident websites and I and everything I'm seeing on these dissident sites is the call for a, um, a dictator that, 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 that our, the Western community, Western countries need a dictatorial leader to, to save us from this cultural sewer that we're in.
1: Wow.
3: Okay. That's what China says today.
0: Yeah. No, well, they've, they've been, they've been of that mindset for many decades.
1: People don't know any
0: different. When you hear citizens of the United States calling for a dictator, I've had some of my best friends say, well, we just need the right kind of dictator.
1: No. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Benevolent.
0: <laughs> yeah, a benevolent dictator. hmm. It's
1: like a good wish. <laughs> no such thing where yeah. I exist. That's what really exists.
0: So, folks, the king of the north is coming. And church is going to unite with state king of the north symbolic of religious imperialism and it will it will it will unite with civil imperialism okay and satan will give us the dictator we're looking for and he'll give us the god we're looking for he'll give us an angry vengeful god but uh, he's loving but he's also just and if you don't worship on the correct day or if you don't stay home from church for the betterment of of not sneezing on people or if you don't do this that or the other I I love you but I'm going to have to imprison you I'm going to have to take your I'm going to have to take your homes and I'm going to have to take your your jobs and I'm going to have to I'm going to have to restrain your liberty and and then if you don't comply we'll, we'll have to kill you we'll have to make an example of you it breaks this my heart It
3: can to, be done. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Exactly. All right. The lesson references Ezekiel eighteen, four, and verse twenty. It says, The sin, excuse me, the soul who sins shall die. New King this is from the New King James Version. How does this help us in our understanding? The soul who sins shall die. Does this contradict the second commandment? So the second commandment, you shall not make for yourself an image in the form of anything in heaven above or the earth beneath or in the waters below. You shall not bow down to them or worship them, for I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, punishing the children for the sin of their parents to the third and fourth generations of those who hate me, showing love to a thousand generations from those who love me and keep my commandments. So are we are we punished for our parents' sins, or is it the, the soul who sins shall die?
2: Um, we inherit the problems that our parents have. That's right. And, I mean, all for all stuff, like cellular memory and, and inherited tendencies. You know, my grandfather was an alcoholic. I can be pretty certain that if I choose to drink alcohol... I have a tendency to go that direction, which is why I don't. But you can't explain some of it except that these design laws change. You know, if you change, you've changed your children's future.
0: That's right. The Genetic and epigenetic changes, uh, the way genes are expressed or suppressed. Um,
2: and yet each person is individually responsible for the choices that they make. That's right.
0: It's worth noting that uh, when the when the children of Israel were removed from slavery in Egypt by the, the hand of God, they, He led them out of Egypt, and the mixed multitude came along and wanted to wanted to join join the group. In the Mosaic Law, they were they were prevented from certain. Aspects of the of the Israelite economy, up to three generations. Think about why that would be. They were prevented from en- engaging in certain certain parts of the the temple service and the, the is the Israeli uh, the uh, the children of Hebrew Israelite economy. They were prevented from that for three generations. The aliens that would come and join Israel, they were prevented from. Certain sacrifices and certain certain uh, things to do with the Jewish economy for three generations. This is why, because these these genetic tendencies that that they brought with them, the idolatry, the child sacrifice, the name name your the licentious uh, degrading acts with the temple prostitutes, et cetera, et cetera. If someone wanted to join the Jewish economy, they were welcomed in, but with limited, limited benefit and limited um, exposure for three generations.
4: It gave them time to learn the truth.
0: Yes, it gave them time to, for God to work on their hearts and minds and, and to change, the change their thought processes, to change their behaviors, to, to change their hearts to circumcise their hearts and then that would get passed on to the next generation and he had another generation's worth of work to do in the next generation and then they were permitted to to do certain things uh, with the temple service etc cetera, etc cetera. yes sir
1: what the seventh day adventist church looked like if people who came in and were baptized were not given an office or of responsibility until they settled into the truth Mm,
0: that's yeah. That's. Yeah, well what what would our nation look like yeah. if if aliens who who wanted to join the United States were prevented from voting or holding office or or something like that for three generations? Yeah. I'm back to getting political.
4: Okay.
0: You're welcome. <laughs> In the bottom section of Monday's lesson, why is the surety of the second coming, which is made certain by Christ's first coming, parentheses? and after all, what good is Christ's first coming without the second, why is the second coming so crucial to all that we believe? And what hope do we have without the promise of his return? I may be reading too much into this, but is the second coming made certain by Christ's first coming, or is it made certain by him saying that he will return?
3: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Okay, why 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 does he need why does he need to come back at all
3: to take me home <laughs> yeah.
0: he could do that anytime he wants he doesn't need to return in, in, in person to do that
1: he keeps his word what's speaking public
3: for those that crucified him and stuff but to see him coming back as a king
0: okay so there's an element of that
1: and so that all the world could see so the whole the controversy could be played out mm-hmm. and in completion angels needed to see this well
0: the angels needed to see his first coming their, their minds were made up at, the at his death and resurrection But why, why, why do we need the second coming why does he need to come back second time because and beyond that why does he need to come back third time
4: well, because when they see the Christ coming, those who are true know him. They can see him face to face. So his character- like separating the weeds from the tares and, and and it gives us another chance to know God. And his character fully no. Yeah. It's an unveiling of the character of God's love.
0: Yeah, I don't have any great answers for these questions. These these are questions that popped into my mind when I was when I read this statement when
4: because uh, what happens when he, when the the ones who don't make it to heaven rise up, they still have a choice. The gates aren't closed. But the,
0: that's it. Th- okay, so that's it. That's a the third coming.
4: Yeah, that's what I said. And the love of God is it, like a fire that consumes them. That's that's the reason. I mean, there has to be at some point where people know this. This these people made this choice, and these people made this. Choice.
0: Okay, so that makes that makes more sense as to why the third coming. So that so that those of us those who were taken are taken to heaven, though the dead and the living, when Christ returns the second time. So we we there will still be questions a thousand years in heaven. Why isn't my aunt here? Why isn't my son here? Why isn't my grandmother here? But
4: the second coming is a welcome home. It's like your father running out to meet in trouble for the
2: saints. So I mean, it's going to be so bad on earth so many people will have rejected god and rejected the truth that it will essentially
4: self-destruct
0: so it's a rescue mission yeah okay well that's fair but even even if even if the remnant were eradicated entirely and there was nothing left on the planet but but evil god can still resurrect the 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 righteous and, and take them to heaven without coming in person why? Why does he need to to physically come here? It's
3: just a hope.
0: I mean, I, again, I don't have any great answers. I'm soliciting insights. Yes, ma'am.
3: I uh,
2: know. This is just wondering, but um, it seems
4: like all through church history, God has had one
3: person, you know, like a Noah.
0: It got down to that narrow, yes,
3: and. Maybe the world needs to see that there's finally a group of people that are in agreement
4: with him.
0: Yeah, I'd like to pull that thread a little bit. I think you may be onto something. It's so uh, the heavenly beings have had God's God's law and God's trustworthiness have been vindicated. It's it's settled in their minds only humanity is left uh, with questions and battling back and forth between two different governments. Uh, and it may be that he's, it may be that he comes simply to reveal the transforming power of his character and, and the Holy Spirit to, to, to show a distinction between two different groups. um, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't have any. I don't have any great. Well,
4: Ken has mentioned what he brings with him at the second time.
0: Okay, yeah, he brings the identity, unique identities of those who have fallen asleep in him. Yeah, that, that's that's later on in the lesson, which we probably won't get to. Um, but again, he could he could download that from heaven. First,
2: i get to another portion of that question, which is why is all our hope on that point. Um, you know, Jesus said that He would give us life abundantly here and now. He He, he also told us that eternal starts now.
0: Yeah, John seventeen three.
2: And, and it it disturbed me in this that we only have hope for that
0: for the future event of of Christ's return, and not for his transforming his transforming healing now in the in the, in the present. Yeah, I, yeah, that's well said. One more Ellen White quote, and then we'll go to—well, um, you know what? Let's move to Tuesday's Lessons for, for, for a minute. Uh, and this is entitled, The Spirit Returns to God. So, just for a little review, we have we have kind of fleshed out in, in our class that the humans are tripartite. They have three three things essential for life, which are— Physical body, okay, and then to use a computer analogy, it is the hardware. Greek is the soma, okay? The second thing is the unique unique identity, psyche. This is analogous to computer software, and we need an energy source, a.k.a. the pneuma, P-N-E-U-M-A, the breath of life. Okay, without any of those three things, humans cannot function. So the lesson lesson uses the terms soul and spirit, uh, and I and I think that they 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 kind of use them somewhat interchangeably, uh, but I think they're different. Uh, it, with my understanding, is the soul would be the same as our psyche, our unique identity. And the spirit would be the same as the the numa, the energy source. Any thoughts? Yes, no.
2: the soul referred to the entire being.
0: It did sometimes.
2: Yeah, but I think you're correct in the distinction, um, and it is the it's a it's a path for for deception, and I can I can see that in some ways, and at the same time, I kind of question it. So just kind of something I've been thinking about lately. I I know some people um, who have seen a spirit in their house. Small child that runs around, peeks around corners and giggles at them. So I know they've seen it. I know I know what it is. I know they don't. But what does the spirit have to gain from a deception like that? So you know what I'm saying? Like I I know that that's not actually a ghost of a little girl, right? That's actually, in in all likelihood, a demon, an
0: unclean spirit, yeah.
2: Spirit taking that form Mm -hmm. and deceiving a family, but for what purpose?
3: To
0: believe a lie. Yeah, for deception. So when, if for the same reason that. Satan appeared as Saul, as Samuel, when Saul was in the cave, the, the witch. It was, even though he appeared as Samuel, and even though the prediction that the spirit made turned out to be accurate, the whole point of the deception was to, to lead Saul to despair and despondency. It wasn't for restoration and, and repentance and renewal. So the the whole the whole what's the purpose to get these people to believe a lie?
3: Discourage them.
0: Yeah, or discourage them, or alter, alter their pathway.
3: Starting with the, like small things, you know. He'll can, as they believe that, then he'll bring greater deception to them, mm-hmm. so that eventually, without knowingly doing it, they begin to worship his way and him. I mean.
0: Yeah, I just finished the Prophets and Kings chapter on modern spirituality and it, it was talking about the, the interaction with uh, King Saul and the Witch of Endor. And she says, Ellen White says, many, many who reject spiritualism as simple charlatans, as, as people who, who have a financial agenda or who are very observant and can, can reason from cause to effect. And they reject all spirituality as as just mere charlatanism. Will be likely deceived when they're confronted with an actual ghost or an actual an actual demonic spirit, because they will have no foundation on which to stand. They they will have no means to explain a as, as simple charlatanism because they don't believe in the demon- because they don't believe in yeah they don't believe in ghosts that there's no ghosts demons yeah okay let's uh let's close the prayer and we'll go to questions and answers here in a few minutes heavenly father we uh we ask for your a, a greater measure of your holy spirit uh, both to lead us into uh, uh greater truth and greater love for one another what else can we ask for in jesus name amen